to another episode of the 10 Frame Podcast for Emerging Artists. My name is Kelly Thompson, and you can find me at kellythompsonart.com or on Instagram at kellyktompsonart. I'm Kevin Kirkwood, and you can find me at kevinwillpaint.com or my Instagram handle is kevinwillpaint. Kevin and I will be having a two-person show opening on Friday, May the 26th that runs through Sunday, May the 28th at the Southern Motors Building at 402 Broughton Street in downtown Savannah, next to Blix Art Supplies. The opening reception will be Friday, May the 26th from 6 to 9 p.m. We hope to see you all there. The 10 Frame Now has a patrons page on our website where anyone can contribute to the podcast to help us cover associated costs so we can continue to share our conversations from the artistic community with you. The website is the10frame.podbean.com. Thank you in advance. Thank you, everyone, for listening to today's podcast. We have the pleasure to talk with Derek Larson, who is based out of Savannah, but he is from Maryland. Um, He received his MFA from SCAD a few years back. He's showing his work currently at the Rule of Three um, over on Montgomery Street in Savannah. So, Derek, thank you for giving us the, you know, the pleasure, the time to speak with you. We appreciate it. Well, thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks yeah. for letting us sit down and, and talk to you. And you're my neighbor. I'm, I live literally like three blocks from here. So. No way. Yeah. No. I'm right over on Tattnall. Okay. So. Oh, beautiful street. Yeah. yeah. Um, so where can people find you? Right now, here in Savannah, I sell my ceramics at ShopScad, uh, and that is right off of Jones Street uh, near Petter Hall, or it used to be called Petter Hall, I think it still is, but uh, it's in Madison Square. And online, where can people get you? Online, it is www.DerekLarsonCeramics.com. Now, I don't have a shop up on my website, but you can see my portfolio. And Instagram too, right? Yes, uh, same. It's uh, Derek Larson Ceramics. Sweet. So, can you talk a little bit about what you're showing currently at Rule of Three? Yes, really excited uh, to have the opportunity to show a new collection or, or body of work that I produced in the winter of 2023. So, over the course of 10 weeks, I was uh, doing an artist residency here in Savannah, Georgia through uh, my alma mater, Savannah College of Art and Design, through a program called the Alumni Atelier Program. So uh, what I uh, knew from it was there were alumni that could go to Lacoste, France, and uh, do uh, some sort of art project, something amazing over in Lacoste, France. But uh, apparently they've expanded the program, and now alumni can submit proposals uh, and do some sort of project, collection, film, animation, uh, whatever the alumni proposes uh, over the course of 10 weeks, either in Savannah, Atlanta, or Lacoste. So I came here, it was a, uh, an easy sort of jump, obviously I live here, and uh, just had a studio right around the corner uh, from here at Forsyth Hall mm-hmm. and produced uh, a body of work. So. Uh, I had the opportunity to work outside of my home studio, really get back in the mix of being an artist with other artists mm-hmm. and getting critiques and, and just having, feeding off that energy. And I decided within a week or two uh, to, to really focus my proposal, which was to make a collection of vessels, 
uh, maybe include some bowls and platters, uh, to focus on just the vessel, to really explore that in a way where I could maybe find a voice. So I tried to stay disciplined. Uh, a couple of rules I kept was to, to try to make less uh, than I usually do. As you can see, there's, there's quite a bit mm -hmm. of vessels for a 10-week That's less? That's less. Wow. How many is there? Total, there's, there's 20 in, okay. in that room. Uh -huh. um, yeah, what are they? Describe the vessel. Yeah, so, so the vessels that, that I decided to make are, are mostly square uh, vessels that were, are made uh, by hand, uh, as well as a, a set of hanging vessels that I made by uh, slumping or throwing a slab over a, a mold. Uh, basically a slump mold, uh, which is a, a process you usually use to make bowls. But I, I made these hanging vessels mm -hmm. to explore the idea of a vessel hanging on the wall. Now all of them, uh, the, the ones that hang as well as the ones that are standing on the pedestals, uh, that are all square, maybe have a little curved angle to them, uh, they're, they're all non-functional. They were not glazed. So there's a luster color that was brought out through uh, shellac, varnish, and, and some other techniques that are not ceramic. Yeah, ceramic. they look glazed. They I, mean, look glazed. I, I only spent a, a minute with them, but my interpretation is that they were glazed. They yeah, I was going to say, you, you can actually see, I see a lot of different things. On some of them I saw almost a wood-like mm -hmm. texture or finish. Some of them almost look stone-like. Uh, so you get a nice wide variety of, of um, um, kind of a visceral feeling from them. A lot of, a lot of different combinations of, of, of all of those. Yeah, and it, it, was, it was really an exploration, it, I guess in, in just technical terms, of, of finishing. So a disciplined finish of special attention to each piece where I really wanted to finish... And, and, and explore the finishing, uh, uh, the surface design finishing. Uh, but, but overall, I, I always like to say that I want the, the clay to be part of the conversation. And so somewhere along the lines, maybe around week two or week three, it really started to come across as this collection of artifacts. And so I really pushed these, these washes, these oxides, this, this, you almost see it around Savannah, but you see it everywhere in the world, this sort of worn, this interaction between something that humans made or left, um, and then how it starts to, to, to grow with nature. And you see that around this neighborhood, going on walks and just the chip paint, or, uh, or just something with the mold and the moss growing. Busted up concrete. Busted up, yeah. It's very weathered. You got a nice weathered texture. Thanks. It's got, um, it's lived. It looks like it's lived a life before, you know, they've been sitting in the studio. And a lot of architectural-like elements mm -hmm. that I can see in there. And I even, I even see a, almost like um, petroglyphs. You know, we were talking about this the other mm -hmm. day. And, I, I mean, it looks like some, some have almost an ancient artifact. Like kind of symbols or language. Yeah placed on them correct and do they yes you know not to get too sort of descriptive about the work but yes uh let's get into it man I yeah all right so you know it's like if you're imagine not that it's not a directly stated but imagine a narrative where say like a capsule something just like crashed into earth 
And uh, before, like the you know, anyone could cover it up, you know, it was discovered uh, that there was a, a collection of, of ancient artifacts or well, artifacts, something is a discovery. Uh, seemed to be carbon-based life form, you know, something. Maybe it didn't crash, but there, there was something discovered and couldn't be hid. So in the public view, there's now a collection of artifacts, some that seem from a really distant time, far, far away in the past, pre-hieroglyphic, um, pre-Babylonian, pre-any civilization we've seen artifacts from. That we've uncovered so That far. we've uncovered. Right. But there's stories. And then you have the blue ones, the ones that are a little bit more indigo, a little more futuristic, a little more Atlantis again. But there's, there's a connection with the mark making that shows that these are maybe two civilizations, very, very far distant maybe in time or dimension, but there's a connection and here we are, a vessel in between. So anthropologically speaking, did you look at any written language to draw a reference from? Is this all um, out of your imagination? Is there any point of um, departure for the written part or the, I wouldn't say linguistic, Part, but if you're if you're alluding to symbols or that kind of thing, is there do you have a reference point for that? No, just my own sketches, my own sketchbook. Uh, it's really about getting primitive, and it's, so it's a great question to talk about my process. Which uh, I'm a hand builder, slabs. Those are all made from slabs, but I don't I don't like pasta roll it out on a big ceramic like ceramics. You have these the these slab rollers, so you either throw it on a wheel. So you throw a vessel and you make a cylindrical vessel on a wheel, a potter's wheel, or you hand build and you usually roll the clay out which compresses it and it turns it into nice sort of even slabs and you cut those out into pieces. Well, I just take a big ball of clay and I throw it on the ground and I stretch it like pizza dough and I get these circular slabs um, and then I smooth them out and I cut them and you get all these edges that are, that are more sort of the round size. And it's, how I make my vessels, how I make pretty much everything. And I get square pieces in the middle. So if I need to make square stuff, I got squares in the middle. So that's how I, you know, make all, all these vessels. And 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 so, it, you know, getting this primitive sort of just slamming down the clay, cutting it up, uh, not not trying to cover up the sides, getting the goop, getting all the slip, you know, just letting it show. And then um, putting a wash over everything that highlights those cracks and crevices. Um, I just wanted to take that a little step further, um, but also eliminate the last step in the ceramics process uh, of glazing. Is that because you wanted to retain that rough texture um, surface? Correct. Yeah. I, well, I would say, you know, there's, there's two parts to it. There's the, I wanted to, yeah, push, push what, what, what a ceramic vessel is, um, and, and, and also my own sort of finishing techniques. But yeah, I mean, as, as, as the conversation with the clay continued, these were supposed to be antique artifacts. Um, so, uh, you know, uh, an eighth of an inch of, of glass glaze uh, over top of everything doesn't make sense. Gotcha. Yeah, that definitely would change the, the look of it. It would almost commodify what you've done a little bit. It's a great yeah. word. So there was a struggle the whole time of, of the commodify because, you know, here I am doing, here I am doing this, this atelier program where, you know, there's a spotlight on you and, you know, you can make some things, you can make a collection that could be hot 
you know, it could sizzle. And uh, I, I, I purposely made sort of this work that doesn't have bling or, or sizzle. You'll see a few pieces that there's a couple of glaze pops and, and maybe that's a suggestion of maybe some more. I have nothing against like the commercial, but with this collection, I, I kept it yeah, artifacty and antique -y. But there's, there's gonna be people that are gonna really dig that. Yeah. It's I, got its own flash. Not to say that it's not you know, commercially viable, just saying that the finish, you know, that, that kind of shined polish on is, is one that you were kind of going in the opposite direction of. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it also not commercial in the fact that, I mean, you cannot like put water, you can't drink out of these vessels. You can't serve food on them. They're not food safe. So uh, you could use them in a um, film production, though. Correct. You know, it could be like background artifacts. I could see that. Yeah, yeah George Lucas. Come on, let's work. <laughs> yeah, man, together. you could do some. You definitely could do some miniature um, lands. You know, lunar land, not lunar, but galactic landscapes with those for sure. Yeah, and what you don't see here, but a lot of my other work is, it's like post-apocalyptic and. You know, just like Chernobyl, where it's overgrown, it's starting to have a conversation with nature again, uh, and it looks pretty rad. So yeah. that, that that's a that's a theme throughout my work. I don't know why. Uh, maybe it's just some sort of psychotic episode from like a week of no sleep where I thought the world was going to end or something. <laughs> but or just a lot of movies, you know, where you you see you know motorcycles and dust clouds and. Uh, these old artifacty things that that's or like a Stargate, mm -hmm. you know, these alien artifacts that look dusty and old, but just go wipe them off and beep 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 beep. I kind of like that you didn't have that reference to an, an actual written language or, or you know, an architectural style that you just kind of you know came out of the making. Yeah, and and, and I mean, there's nothing completely original. But yeah, I, I just went, I went with it. And you know, you, you win some, you lose some that way. But uh, I went all, just kind of trusted that, that intuition and the mark making. I'd been doing it long enough to say, okay, I, I'm gonna, you know, take this collection seriously and I'm gonna move forward with these marks and, and, and all these little dots. But it, it, the sketchbook, you know, I mean, I'm sketching all the time. And so I, I make all these marks and, and I feel like, uh, you know, maybe later on there's a language out of it. Uh, maybe this is just the start, you know, but. That could be fun. Yeah. I could see that. So my background is I used to play drums and I wasn't aware of these drums previous or prior to LP, which is Latin percussion, um, kind of bringing them to the forefront of the industry, but they're called Udu drums and they're these clay vessels and they, Remind me of what you're, you have hanging off the wall. Okay. Um, but they're from West Africa. They're from Nigeria. And they're probably the size of maybe a really large grapefruit or maybe a small volleyball. And it has like a, a spout at the top. It used to be a water vessel. And this, the legend goes is the kid's dad was a potter and made these vessels. And the kid... Put a hole in the side of it and it makes these some kind sometimes people call them a water drum um but they're heavily they're like uh 
like Paul Simon brought, he introduced him to the oh, U.S. Man. Like the Rhythm Saints is an album that has a, um, some of those drums on it. But or Mickey Hart from the Grateful Dead, he's mm-hmm. brought them to the you know forefront of mainstream. But do you have one in your kit? I I've recorded with them. I used to have like four or five of them. But they, they they're not only just that what I was describing. They have some that look they're flatter they look like pots like like you would cook a cooking like a skillet or whatever a mm. frying pan um but they always have a hole to, uh, cut out of the center of it usually and they i'm not going to make the noise but it's udu come on drums. beatbox man it. yeah <laughs> that's exactly how i thought it was yeah gonna be <laughs> right. or like when you, you know how to do that with your the, yeah so yeah they're they're amazing and i don't know if i think we have a new segue into another podcast like beatboxing <laughs> artists i could yes. try that we'll, we'll do it we'll do a test it'll down have, at the brewery you know have three and uh, people we'll just to bring it back at the brewery yep <laughs> I, I miss <laughs> but maybe i don't know if it's something that interests you do you like music at all yeah i mean music is who doesn't like music? I'm not going to offend people because if there's somebody out there that doesn't can like you, music... Can I'm, you turn off the music, please? What kind can of you, music... What are you listening to? What am I listening to now? Just in general. Oh, yeah. in general, everything, man. Anything I can get my hands on. Yeah. Everything. I mean, I grew up with, with classic, classical music and my, my mom's an organist. Uh, so, you know, piano and organ was, was, was big. Uh, I played saxophone okay so jazz yeah and uh, and then yeah classic rock was was big with me and my friends were you around when hfs was a thing hf festival absolutely yeah, yeah man that was yeah. a and uh meriwether post yeah meriwether post yeah what are you yeah. talking about the 930 club so these are venues in the in that area of northern virginia maryland dc um whfs was uh, cutting edge alternative rock radio station that was just they would play all the good stuff that you couldn't hear anywhere else you know when the police were you know first hitting it big in the 70s and the 80s you know they were playing all that stuff and the sex pistols and you know and just a huge variety of of uh, of artists that you wouldn't hear anywhere else and and the Meriwether post is is an outdoor, indoor outdoor venue. You know, it's kind of like an amphitheater. Um, is that was Nissan also another one? N- Nissan Post Pavilion, or was that the same Nissan one? Pavilion? That, no, that's Nissan. so that's in Virginia. That re- literally fifteen minutes from where I live. Okay. Yeah. So that is um, now it's Jiffy Lube Live. You know, whoever <laughs> whoever the the sponsor of the day is. Yeah. So yeah, it was Nissan Pavilion. But yeah, similar yeah. similar place. Yeah, so um, I, 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 yeah, I, I grew up with music. I, I love music. Um, percussion was not something, you know, I, I always liked, uh, well, I, you know, lots of culture. So drums is, is definitely a big part of a lot of, of, a lot of cultures. And, and I don't, mostly they're not glazed, or they're, they're often not glazed, these, these Uda drums that I was talking about. Good, one, one less step in the process. Yeah, but I would, Perfect. if I was to make it, I would, which I probably can't, and I don't do ceramics, but I would imagine that they're thrown on a wheel or with the rolling method, whatever those 
what do you coil coil yeah, yeah there's a lot of coil <clears throat> coil method yeah yeah so i would i would imagine that would be how you would do it and then just maybe you wouldn't want you would want it smooth i would think on the inside so it keeps it more yeah re, the resonance you know yeah and you can smooth it i mean a good coil pot is gonna yeah. you're gonna smooth oh you can it. smooth it on the oh, interior yeah, as well yeah because you just like just like when you're pulling up a pot uh-huh. you know you get it just a couple inches up and then you smooth it out okay then, so you know so another coil method is the belt method. So it's just a, like a flatter coil. So you, you, know, you, take, you take a section and Got you start it. to smooth okay. it, and then you create another section and you build it up. But so I don't have time. Fun. That's, you know, me, I, I make these things in like, don't tell anybody, but like a couple seconds. Yeah, nice. <laughs> I can see, see a po- post-apocalyptic voodoo drum. So then you, I like it. Yeah. And then, because then it becomes, so I, what I studied was sequential art. Um, so every time you, I, I love character design and um, in character design class, you, you design characters, environments, props, everything has to have a story. And it's got to answer like a hundred questions that have nothing seemingly to do with it. But that's how you design a weapon or a drum. You give it a whole anthropological sort of you know, makeup, its own universe. I mean, it's got to make sense within the larger universe that you create. So these just fun sort of object making uh, to support narrative or, you know, in the film props, you know, you mentioned prop design. Mm-hmm. Earlier. I would love to get into that. So, um, yeah, anything where there's narrative and, and that's what I reconcile sort of this MFA in comics or sequential art, um, being able to sculpt characters with John Larison and with Sculpey and uh, sculpt the human figure with Roma, you know, in drawing classes, you know, that helped me and reminded me how much I like to sculpt. But um, yeah, I mean, I definitely aren't making comics, but I'm telling stories mm-hmm. through objects. Yeah. So, What was your journey from that motion media world into ceramics? How did, how did that transition go? It went, so uh, in, in high school, you know, I always had a sketchbook, illustration, loved comics, uh, read them every day. And then uh, in around sophomore year, I took a ceramics class. That was, I was just off to the races. That's, that's God's gift to Derek Larson. So mm-hmm. just kept doing that. And um, in the DC area, I took classes at Corcoran, Torpedo Factory, you know, got permission to, to leave class to do these workshops and, and, and build a pretty good portfolio. You know, got into art schools and then I went up to, to BU to study advertising and communications. Because you're like, ah, I'm gonna make some money, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you get a this job. internet, this thing is gonna make us all money. So, uh, I, so I went up there and I'm, I'm glad of all that education. Uh, but, but I came, I, I had a comic strip at the, at the newspaper and, uh, you know, web comics started to become a thing. So I came down to SCAD to, to like not work and, and, and to get an MFA. And what I thought, like combined my passion for creative writing and, and, and illustration. Uh, but there's a lot more to comics than that. Uh, but the program's amazing and it w- tells you to work like a horse and you better be doing it for the passion for it because you don't get paid a lot of money. Um, but you tell stories and you work hard and you, you, you and, and it was a great program. Um, uh, but yeah, just about three years ago, I, you know, started hearing about this, this friend I had who took classes at Savannah Clay Spot, uh, and did open studio. And I was like, ah, ceramics, that's, I mean, that's, that's what I love to do. You know, I'm not doing comics 
you know, and I just really wish I could get back to ceramics. She's like, take class. So I took class and uh, I've just been doing ceramics ever since. And I paint and I sketch every day. Uh, I try to do a little writing, but ceramics is that sweet spot where I don't think about the future. I mean, you have to kind of have a vision when you're making a collection like this, but uh, in a perfect world, I wake up with just wet clay in front of me and, uh, and there's no anxiety. It's just like, let's have fun. It's not like looking at a blank painting canvas. It's just like, all right, what are we gonna make today? So sometimes you can get off track, uh, which is why this was, this was good. This has disciplined me. And, and, uh, but most of all, I just like to have fun like a little kid with this clay. It's amazing. So recently, I've heard about this studio called Claire and Company. Mm -hmm. Do you know them? Yeah, yeah. Okay, because supposedly they have a really nice facility putting, putting together a really cool um, artist space, showroom, and they're having a show right now. Um, yeah, the SIP. The SIP, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that is that a facility that outside people can use, or I'm, I don't really know that much about it, but I figured you probably did. Yes. Uh, there's a lot of interest in the ceramics sort of makers. So I, I got into selling ceramics, but, but really there's this huge community I wanted to be a part of where it's just, you know, fun, therapy, community. And um, I mentioned Savannah's Clay Spot. Uh, where you can take six-week classes either in the morning or in the evening uh, with Lisa Bradley and uh, and and those are six-week classes it meets once a week uh, and then in the afternoons there's open studios so after you take a class um, you know after like the second or third class you can just come in to do open studio work so just work on your own and uh, she fires the work that you make there and you pay a fee for open studio. And then at Clerico, I'm not as familiar with like how the classes are set up, but it's the same deal. They have opportunities for you to do open studio work once you're familiar with the studio in gotcha. some capacity. Uh, both places sell clay. Uh, they both have kilns. And if you're doing work in the studios, uh, you can you know have your work fired there. So that's how you get started in ceramics. For a lot of people, they... They did it in high school. Uh, they, they, they loved it. And they, they, they don't have to be going to markets or trying to make it into galleries. Um, they're just doing it uh, to, to, you know, for gifts for their friends. Uh, because no matter what you make, once it's glazed and it, and, it, and it stays together and it's not cracked, it's beautiful and it lasts like a thousand years. It's an artifact. So um, I'm not sure how the class setup works at Clerico, but those are the two different places that you can go that are sort of small business owned by Claire. I don't know her last name and I haven't visited her facilities, but it's amazing. Mm -hmm. And then Lisa Bradley. Uh, then the third place that you can take classes as a part of the Savannah community is uh, the CCAC, uh, Savannah Arts Cultural Center. Over, That's the one right over on, it's down here on Montgomery. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, the, it's the government or the... Montgomery and Oglethorpe, I think, on yeah. that corner. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So you can, you can do a weekend workshop type class there. So maybe next time I talk to you, you'll, I'll be also be able to say, or you can also like sign up for experience like workshops or classes with Derek Larson. But right now I'm just trying to figure out, you know, what my next step is. So the alumni atelier, or is that something that you've already um, completed or are you still in that I part? Or, yeah, know? I completed it. It was, it's a one week, or one week, it's a one quarter opportunity. So it's kind of like they accept you 
with your proposal and then they say congrats you're on campus we'll give you uh, a place to stay a meal plan uh, and uh, and and you get to work on your proposal you know make your dreams we're gonna help support this dream and try to get it off the ground for you and then you're done now and then uh, you know I mean obviously if you have a collection or a product or a film and it's got legs you know they're gonna they're gonna back they're gonna back that and try to push it forward. And the program's relatively new. So like at like this quarter, they're gonna, you know, I see a lot more visibility. And I, I see atelier that are doing some smashing work, right? So it's, uh, it's, it's a growing program, but it'll remain small and elite. Uh, so I was very lucky, especially with my timing and, and all that to get an opportunity to, to do it now. Um, there's two levels. There's the associate and the ambassador level, and I did the associate level. So that's where you kind of go in. You get a studio. You 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 do you have a proposal and you, and you do it, and uh, and you don't get a, a stipend um, or a, a lot of the other things that maybe the the, the upper level gets, but. They don't own your work. Uh, you don't have to uh, donate or, or, or give over the rights to a film or anything like that. So I own all my work. Uh, if they would like to buy some, they're more than welcome to. Uh, otherwise, you know, it, it, it's mine um, and our, our business is done. Uh, but if uh, they asked me to, to reapply for the ambassador program, I would submit a proposal uh, that's a little bit more elevated, a little more professional with a very strict timeline, with very strict deliverables um, that, like, uh, they would get... 20% of that collection, or if it was a film, they may own, you know, a certain amount of the rights to the film, or so on and so forth. Yeah. How do you document your work? Are you just through photos? Do you make videos through the process? Or That is a great question, because the uh, short answer is, is I photograph everything, mm -hmm. and I'd like to be getting more into video. Uh, this work, I think, deserves uh, the attention now that it's been shown for a few days to go back and photograph again. Mm -hmm. um, I do have photographs of all the work, and I'll have it on my website as sort of a, a quick portfolio of the work. But I would like to get in there with some friends who have, have a good idea of how to, how to really take some macro, you know, just some really good photographs mm -hmm. of the work um, and video, because... Unless you come here and see it in person, you don't really get, you don't really... You, yeah, you really need that 360-degree uh, view of it, right? Yeah. I think that what Kevin was talking about, the video, the process would be really cool, uh, especially with your background in, in motion graphics and, um, you know, I'm sure you could really make that uh, an interesting view. Yeah, yeah. Is there a name for the, the assembly or the, the ensemble? Of the work, mm. or the place that they where's this, you know, live, this world. I, I call it artifacts recovered. Okay. So again, to play out, not that, I mean, I did state the imagine if, but it, you not to directly state the, yeah, a yeah. narrative here. But if there I think was you said one, that. sorry about that. I, yeah, maybe. yeah, but it, no, no, why not? Why not? It's fun that way. So, so yeah, it's, if there's artifacts that have been recovered, um, they were recovered before, yeah. you know, the government could hide it up, <laughs> but yeah, no, these are, these are, uh, that's the name that I came up with. There's uh, a few more pieces in there than the collection of artifacts recovered, but, but that, that, that was what sort of the, the quarter was about was this gotcha. collection. Was this exploration done for you? Are you going to continue 
on this path or are you jumping into something else or have you already gone in another direction? Great question. I am going to continue with vessels. Uh, my original proposal did mention bowls and platters, but uh, I want to, you know, these vessels didn't want to get any bigger. I actually have much larger vessels that I, that I produced. Uh, they didn't really click. So there's a, there's the, I got the sweet spot on the size, um, but I do want to work larger. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, it's, 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 I'm not quite sure what my next step is. I, I, uh, um, I, I mentioned that I have work at ChopScad. I also uh, show work at Osman Home in, Chicago, in Highland Park, Chicago area. It's Highland Park, Illinois. Uh, north of Chicago, mm -hmm. and it is, uh, it, you know, working with uh, Ellen Osmond, uh, owner, and uh, next door is Laughlin Art Gallery, so there's a gallery and then sort of this eclectic, sort of uh, curated, uh, handmade goods home, home store uh, right next to each other, uh, working with them on a collection of, uh, of these vessels, and, and they may have some, some, some more colorful pop. Uh, some slashy black lines that you can see from across the room. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, I, I encourage that in my work to, to simplify. Um, it shows a, an elegance or a wisdom or, you know, confidence. So I still see a lot of, like, a lot more marks than I should have made on a lot of those. And um, there's, there's a lot of craziness going on there, but I, I, I love it. And, um, and, and, and so I see, I see more of this but I see it sort of like showing itself in, in very um, simple, powerful ways in future work. And I don't know if that means it's more vessels or if it's going to mean other things. Do you want to stay in Savannah? Do you want to keep work, making work in Savannah? Or do you want to move elsewhere? Or is Savannah your home? Savannah won't let me go, so yeah. I'm just going to stay here. What about traveling? Do you ever, is there like one space that you've been to or one that you want to go to that might influence your work? Absolutely. Um, I was just talking, so we're in the gallery right now and I had a visitor and we were talking about how, yeah, I mean, in a dream world, maybe in a few years, I have a, I have a 15 year old son in Savannah. Oh, nice. So, um, you know, it's one of the reasons why this is a great home base. I don't travel a lot, so I don't want to make it, but like in an ideal world, Savannah is my home base. I've lived here for 16 years. Um, it'd be hard to move here now and afford to live here, but I got in here a long time ago, you know? So I would, you know, in an ideal world, like I live here, I travel the world, you know? I do artist residencies, I come back, I have a home, mm -hmm. you know? And, 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 and so on and so forth. And, and I can live, you know, pretty decently, at least a lot less expensive than say New York. But, you know, to build those relationships outside would be amazing. Now, uh, where would I love to go? Like in an ideal world and, and maybe even as close as like three years from now could possibly do? Like go to Mallorca or somewhere in Morocco uh, or Italy um, and just learn under a master, um, whether it's pottery or like Africa. Like there's a lot of like Nigeria making like Uda Nigeria, drums. Yeah, like Nigeria and making Uda drums. Okay. <laughs> I, I do want to know about your daily practice too. So yeah. now that you're not in the atelier, what does the normal day for Derek Larson look like in the studio? I know you, you said you like to sketch. You're in Savannah, so obviously, you know there are a lot of outdoor opportunities to you know to make art. What 
what do you normally do? Yeah, well, right now I'm I'm kind of all over the place. So you know, just kind of just trying to make money, just hustling right now. But uh, I, I am working sort of on a what's what what the next even I'd say this summer what it's going to look like. Uh, I am craving uh, sort of more of a, a sort of a schedule. It can be a schedule that I build, ideally. That's what the great thing about the last year, two years has been. Uh, but it will include, you know, side gigs, uh, teaching. Uh, but the, the a sort of a daily process of Derek Larson, the studio artist, is I sketch at night. So I don't, I don't sketch outside much. Uh, I take pictures outside a lot. So I go out on a lot of walks. I take a lot of pictures, photos, um, you know, another thing, sequential art. You know, I just, I can see the, the, the right angle, you know, the, I'm not, don't know all the technical equipment or understand maybe color or lighting is, but, but, you know, I can, I'm a good shot caller, as they say. So I love to take a lot of photos and, and walk around a lot, um, but I do my sketching at, at night. It's kind of my bed, bedtime practice. So I, I, I like to wake up, uh, make coffee uh chill and relax for a little bit but it doesn't take long before i jump into something arts related so uh a four-hour studio practice in the morning um between eight and twelve uh then uh, you know lunch and then i I keep my day pretty chill Mm -hmm. and then um after dinner put on a pot of coffee and i change you know into maybe some like house music and i get into a, a like a second groove um, but that, that's too much to your time. I'm, you know, I'm thinking, so like I really need to break it into like, you know, which, which one I want to do. The, yeah, you the just e- try it out and see what happens. Yeah. yeah. The, the evening one is like, is like wet clay. Like, like, let's make something like, like we we got that energy going. And then the morning one is, is more like, you know, maybe I'm painting things or hand decorating things or getting things into the kiln. Or, or things like that. So yeah, it's just it's it's still trying to figure it all out. Um, but yeah, ideally it, it's two four-hour sessions. I work straight through. I don't stop. It's just it's just it's it's beautiful. Um, I could and I could do it for twelve hours a day every day. It's amazing. You mentioned earlier with the art with the atelier, you you were digging having that um, kind of being able to critique and talk to other fellow you know, students or whoever else is in there. I'm not, I'm not sure if it's just, you know, the, um, the professors or whatever, but is that something that you are going to be looking for moving forward? You know, maybe group shows or communal space. And, um, you know, I, I know that's important to a lot of artists and it sounds like it's something that you're interested in as well. Absolutely. I think that connection, uh, was, I, you know, I got an opportunity to, to make uh, a collection, a body of work in the SCAD studio. But I, ha- I have a studio. I have kilns. I, I got everything at the house. You know, they, um, so, like, the one thing that I really wanted and, and, and really got from the program, and I think that they stress, is that sort of connection. I mean, you get this sort of, like, you, 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 get, uh, you get this chance to get back on campus and you, you feel like a student. You're connecting, um, so it's so it's something that you miss when you're out of school, especially for ten plus years. But afterwards, like I don't want to not be. So I'm teaching a workshop, uh, a maker's workshop at the Sidewalk Arts Festival this Saturday. Uh, tonight, I'm going to a community at Sulphur Studio community group um, critique. So it's just a 
group of friends critiquing each other's artwork. That's at Sulphur? Yeah, yeah. So it's just staying connected, keeping your ears open and saying yes to, I mean, not, I can't say yes to everything, but like yes to opportunities that check the marks of connecting and staying connected and getting feedback about your work. I don't want to get back in that hole. Um, uh, but I also like want to make sure that I'm just listening to my voice. So whether you're in Savannah or New York, you know, or wherever, you know, it's always like, you know, have some voices, um, but find that time to seclude yourself and, 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 and find that authentic, like internal voice. But yeah, it yeah. sounds like you have some momentum going too. you know, you have a, a new body of work that you're excited about. And, um, you know, that's obviously going to morph into other bigger things too. So it seems like right now you've got, you know, you've got some good creative energy working. I, I, yeah, it's, it's really exciting right now, but I also want to, to take a moment to pause and, and, and so that I can you know, just make sure that my next step, cause I do, I think there's like, there's going to be a, a, a real power and momentum in, in the next step and the next choice of where I go. And not, I can't decide where I'm going to go you know, just kind of see what's ahead of me and, and do my best. Uh, but I do feel like that. Um, that a pause and some time to, you know, just rest and, and, and I'm not jumping right into the next collection or, or project. I have a few things I need to follow up with a few friends and making some small commissions for. Um, so I'm just going to take the time, um, to, to think about what that is. But like with that said, like I'm doing some cups for with the family name and that person might want, you know, commission like a large sculpture. That's all I, I just, you know. That One thing leads to leads another. another. Mm-hmm. So who knows? That's how that's the game I've been playing, and it's been fun. Um, but I would like a little bit more, you know, structure. So some teaching as well as like who knows where the next commission will come from. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it won't be a lot of sh- shows coming up. It'll just be some some quiet time, and then some back to grind in the studio and and try to find some excuses to like get out and meet people and not just grind in the studio well when you get the next collection please come back and we'll uh, get to hear about that and support you so i appreciate the time and um, best of luck in the future yeah and when we get the Derek larson tutorial for you know how to do drawing clay or building pieces you know if you're at the cultural arts center you know, if you get that um, instructional spot somewhere, you know, we'd like to plug you there too. So yeah, just let us know. I would, I would love to, and maybe we even just have you guys uh, as part of a, you know, I, I've got to do some test groups, you know. There you go. So oh yeah, we'll, we'll get dirty. Yeah, we'll get, we get throw some clay around. Yeah, we just need a group of six, and uh, and just you know, critique me on my 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 workshop performance. That, that would be nice. So that would be a good way. Yeah, we should definitely involved. do that. That would be awesome. All right, man. Thank you again. All the best. Thanks, Eric. Appreciate it, man. Thank you. Thank you for listening to today's episode. If you would like to have anybody interviewed or if you have any questions or comments, please hit us up on Instagram at The Ten Frame.